Welcome to the Mass Device Fast Five MedTech News Podcast, a show that keeps you up to date on the latest breakthroughs in medical technology, the top five news stories to get your day started. I'm your host, Danielle Kirsch, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Sean Hooley. What are we going to talk about today, Sean? Today covers the first commercial cases using Levita Magnetic Surgical Robot, more firsts with the first commercial cases in France using Moon Surgical's robot. Butterfly Network potentially breaking into the BCI space, 3M Healthcare's latest spinoff update, and a high-ranking official departing at Johnson & Johnson MedTech. Our favorite topic, surgical robotics and BCIs. So what's the first thing that we need to know today? The first thing is that Levita Magnetic's Mars surgical robot was used in the first commercial cases since it received approval. Uh, it's you know only been about a month since the system got cleared, and... It's another great milestone for the company. Tell us a little bit about this surgical robot. Well, Mars was designed for the high-volume abdominal surgery market. It combines magnets and machines to reduce the number of incisions. It enables complete control during laparoscopic procedures, leveraging Levita's proprietary dynamic magnetic positioning technology to assist in things like bariatric surgery, gallbladder surgery, prostate, and colorectal procedures. What details can you give us about those first procedures? Well, Dr. Matthew Crow and Dr. Andrew Strong performed the first minimally invasive procedures with the system at the Cleveland Clinic. Those took place last month, just shortly after the FDA cleared the Mars system. What do surgeons think about this robot? Crow said that Mars could potentially play a pivotal role in reshaping the landscape of abdominal procedures saying that it represents a noteworthy advancement and is part of the pathway to enhance minimally invasive surgery for healthcare institutions, surgeons, and most importantly, for patients. He also said that it's remarkably easy to use. What's the next thing that we should know? Another first commercial case for surgical robotics, Moon Surgical had the first commercial Maestro surgical robot cases in France. This is another big step forward for the company, which actually had its first commercial cases in the U.S. not long ago, but this is an updated version. And I know we've talked about this surgical robot on this podcast before. So what procedures were performed in France using this robot? The procedures were bariatric and abdominal surgery procedures taking place at the Arnaud Sank Institute in Nice, France. And they were performed by laparoscopic surgeons Dr. Benjamin Cadier and Dr. Georges Debs. So what did the doctors think about using the robot for these procedures? Cadier said that integrating the Maestro robot was very instinctive and straightforward, providing surgeons with stability and precision difficult to match with human assistance, allowing them to focus all their attention on the surgical gesture, a definite benefit for the surgical team that will also benefit the patient. And you briefly mentioned this, but didn't Moon Surgical have another milestone last month? Yeah, so the first commercial procedures in France came after last month's U.S. clinical cases with an initial version of, Ma of Maestro. They took place in Jacksonville, Florida. Moon Surgical says the latest development marks the first use of a new commercially ready surgical robot platform. So while it's not far apart from the, these clinical cases and the commercial cases announced today, it's still a, a big development. Now let's talk BCIs. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Uh, Butterfly Network bringing its ultrasound tech to the BCI space. It's obviously we talk about BCIs plenty, and this is a company that this is the first time I've come across them that Butterfly Network is partnering with, and we're uh, I'm excited to learn more about this. So tell us a little bit about this partnership. 
Well, Butterfly Network entered into a five-year co-development deal with Forest Neurotech to combine Butterfly's ultrasound on a chip technology with Forest's ultrasound-based brain-computer interface tech. The deal includes $20 million paid to Butterfly for annual licensing, chip purchases, services, and milestone payments. Butterfly received $3.5 million upon signing, and the companies anticipate additional revenue for every unit sold upon commercialization. What do each of these companies bring to this deal? So the deal combines Butterfly Network's portable ultrasound technology with Forest Neurotech's minimally invasive brain device. Forest is a deep tech research company that develops a device for imaging and stimulating the brain with ultrasound. Its brain-computer interface and software platform aims to catalyze breakthroughs in understanding and treating the human brain. What do executives think? Will Biederman, Forest Neurotech co-founder and CTO, called Butterfly Network's technology key to enabling its novel approach, saying the company share a passion for innovation in semiconductor-enabled healthcare technologies, calling Butterfly the perfect match for enabling the company's vision for an implanted whole-brain neural interface. Joseph DeVivo, the Butterfly Network president, CEO, and chair, added that by bringing the chip into the neurotech implantable space, the partnership encourages and expedites innovation that captures the full potential of Butterfly's disruptive chip technology through new applications and in adjacent markets. What's the next thing that we should know? The next thing is that the 3M Healthcare spinoff is expected to come early next year. So we've been tracking this. There's been a lot of executive updates and Various things going on around this spinoff, so we've, we've been waiting for more news on exactly when it's going to take place, and now we've got word that early next year. What are executives saying about the future of the spinoff? Well, CEO Mike Roman said that the team continues to make very good progress, doesn't see any hurdles ahead of it. There's still a lot of work to do to get ready for the spin. President and CFO Monish Patalawala said that the teams are working through system changes, standing up legal entities, and the regulatory filings needed. That's what everyone is focused on from the healthcare side. And so you touched on this at the beginning, but who are some of the executives that are slated to take on some of those new leadership roles at the new spinoff? Well, former Zimmer Biomet CEO Brian Hansen will become CEO of 3M Healthcare. Former Humicite CEO Carrie Cox is set to become board chair and former Insulate CFO Wade McMillan will become the CFO for the spinoff. So those are some of the executive appointments we've heard of so far, I'm sure could have even more down the line. So I know this came at the same time as its earning release. So could you just very briefly tell us what the financial performance of the 3M's healthcare segment was? Yeah, the healthcare segment brought in $2.1 billion in sale. That was good for 2.4% organic growth over the course of the third quarter. It saw low single-digit organic sales increases in medical products and services and high single-digit increases in oral care. And now what's the last thing that we should know for today? Last thing was a bit of surprise news at the end of the day on Monday. Johnson & Johnson MedTech Chair Ashley McAvoy announced her resignation. She gave her notice on Friday to pursue new opportunities. So can you tell us a little bit about her background at her time at J&J? I know she was there for, what, 27 years? Yeah, 27 years, nearly three decades, starting in consumer products, rising to the position of executive vice president and head of the company's medical devices group. She will stay on and through the company's first quarter, which begins in January 2024. I think I saw our colleague Tom Salemi say on LinkedIn that she was as close as you can become to being a medtech CEO without actually holding the title. I enjoyed that way of putting it. She was definitely a prominent figure at J&J for a very long time. Definitely. So who's taking over her place now at J&J MedTech? 
J&J has already appointed Tim Schmid, who most recently served as J&J MedTech Asia Pacific or APAC Company Group Chair as the Johnson Johnson Executive Vice President and J&J MedTech's new worldwide chair. McAvoy herself said that she's beyond confident that Schmidt is the right leader to take the business forward, calling him a trusted friend and partner. So what kind of parting words did she offer? I mean, almost three decades with the company, she has to have some words of encouragement. Definitely. She made a very long LinkedIn post with you know a lot of clear love for J&J, saying it's no overstatement to say that my time at J&J, and in particular leading the medtech business, has been the honor and privilege of my career. Thanks to our team, we have brought to life entirely new standards of care and driven innovation to save lives with products that are used in more than 75 million procedures each year and new technologies that have resulted in achievements never before possible. And that marked the fifth story. So that's all the news that we had for today. Thank you, Sean, for covering the news. No problem. As always, read more on the Mass Device website and check out the show notes at massdevice.com slash podcast. Connect with us online. I'm on LinkedIn at Danielle Kirsch, K-I-R-S-H. What about you, Sean? You can find me on LinkedIn, Sean, S-E-A-N, Hooley, W-H-O-O-L-E-Y. Subscribe to the Mass Device Fast Five, wherever you listen to podcasts and share this episode. Join us tomorrow for your daily MedTech News Roundup. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.